Morning, podcast fans. You must be podcast fans, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me. You can't be a Tim College fan. I don't know. Anyway, um, I've got a special episode today. Um, If I sound groggy, it's because I was excited to get it out. It's five o'clock in the morning and I'm recording this intro now. She... um, Yesterday's guest I met uh, 18 months ago, or just over, she got in touch with me, and you'll hear the whole story, so I'm not going to bang on about it now, but I just wanted to preface this with um, a big thanks to Jen for coming on, and um, I think she's a savage, and I wanted to say a bit about her that um, I didn't do too much of in the podcast yesterday, which was, she's, I can't tell you, if you're listening to this, how she's what you need to be if you want to lose weight times 10. She lost 90 kilos, nine zero. She's lost more than 90 kilos now. And I mean, what do you say about that? What do I say about that? It's having lost that much weight makes you an authority on losing weight. In my opinion, you've got a journey to tell people. You've got a story to tell people. You've got, um, tips to give people hundreds of tips to give people um it's just incredible really and so i don't want to you know go on about it too much now but yeah she's a absolute beast she never takes an easy set she never she never skips a a beat in the gym meaning she's there every day she's there every week if i'm away she's planned a trainer in advance to go and see instead of me um she uh i'm not taking all credit for this you'll hear it later on in the episode it's actually going to be broken down into two episodes this is pretty much a journey to fat and then we're going to go over a journey to fit and later on in the episodes we talk about the first trainer i introduced her to um who then uh, started off her journey very um in the best way possible because that trainer was great and then We'll go on to more of her journey later on into fat loss but listen to her weight gain it's pretty um pretty brutal how she got fat and uh, what made her get fat and the things that triggered her eating anyway yeah two and a half minutes of me rambling but absolute savage let's hear what she's gonna say so jen oakley she's made it to uh marina square i've been to marina square before but found somewhere to park and uh we're here to talk about the journey that she's had from Younger and not overweight, am I right? Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, younger and not overweight, am I right? No, I wasn't when I was younger. Okay. Um, to being overweight and getting in touch with me and me putting in touch with various trainers through me and ultimately being a lot further along with their journey, but maybe not quite at the end of it, eh? That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Canadian... Yes. Up in Canada? Yes. You think active as a kid, like you think, I think, I always think Canada, I think similar to, uh, similar to myself, uh, growing up in a rural area that you just kind of think of, um, you know, active really, just, you're always, it, it seems like an active place to grow up. Oh, hockey? No? Uh, not hockey, but I was a competitive Sports. figure skater. Oh, wow. Okay. Growing up, I was in figure skating from an early age, downhill skiing, snowboarding, Wow. Uh, I played volleyball, basketball, rugby in school. So, yeah, I was very active. So, you were active through like younger years. Yep. They all sound like things you'd have to get into at like primary age, right? Yeah. I mean, my figure skating, my parents put me in when I was quite young. Okay. And I did that all through public school. 
And, and as a kid, obviously, you don't think about food as such, right? You just did it. Yeah, just, yeah. and I mean, I come from a super healthy family. I yeah, mean, yeah. my brother's a hockey player. My parents were super active, golfing, and my dad played broom ball, and both of them are slender. So, yeah. Yeah, normal childhood, really. Cool. Um, yeah, so, like, where did – so, through in that would take you, what, up to teens, to university sort of age? High school. High school, I decided I didn't want to skate anymore. Okay. Because I wanted to spend more time with my friends, and I was sort of over the whole competition thing. Yeah. And that's sort of when the weight started to come on. And I actually clearly remember the first summer that the weight started okay. to come on. What, creep creep up rapidly? Or was it to do with, what was the big change? Lack of activity or increased yeah. in input? I stopped because I used to figure skate because I was competitive. I used to skate in the summer as well. So when I was off school, I was doing skating camps. Okay, okay. And then okay. I decided I didn't want to do them. And I actually spent a summer laying in the basement watching TV, eating pizza rolls. Okay. Because I didn't have to figure skate anymore. And so the activity was gone. And here I was eating something, obviously, that wasn't very good. Yeah. And my parents were at work all day, so they weren't monitoring what my okay. brother and I were eating. You just get it on with your own thing. Yeah, and so the weight did start to come on. Not it, not obese, not overweight, but putting some weight on. And what age was that? That would have been grade nine, in grade nine. So it would have been 16, 15. Okay, yeah, that's 16. when you, yeah, I suppose kids get their own sort of, their free reign at that yeah. age, right? Um, I remember my, all my mates were, yeah, I think you just kind of was through school, or I was through school, skinny, couldn't couldn't get a, couldn't put weight on if I tried. Mates were overweight, but probably couldn't lose weight if they tried because yeah. nothing was through that sort of five years from being twelve to eight, you know, twelve to whatever, sixteen, seventeen. Nothing really changes diet wise. Nothing really changes lifestyle wise unless you get into a sport or stop a sport. I've re really noticed a lot of. Um, my friends put on weight when big changes happen, like either starting work um, or going to university. Going to university was a massive one. Like I remember a lot yes. of people just coming back. Either I remember a few <laughs> girls in particular coming back, having been maybe carrying a little bit of puppy fat at school, yeah. and then was like, wow, what have you been doing at uni? Because it's working for you. Um, and then the opposite of that was maybe a few guys that had just like, sacked off the football team and started uh, found found a pizza delivery places and stuff like that. We used to call it the freshman 15. Yeah, exactly. Which we've seen in Abu Dhabi as well. People like go one way or the other when they come to Abu Dhabi as well. You know, you can get... Um, <laughs> you can see someone come for, and, and they join... The, the Gaelic team and they lose a load of weight or they come and they don't and they see how like we're indulgent in Abu Dhabi right like we there's not if any I think default is it takes activity out of your life if you've come from a western sort of yeah, it does. you know wash your car on a regular basis do your own vacuum up and uh, housework and stuff and then all of a sudden you're doing a probably a few more hours in the office and a few less uh, less activities around the house and uh, general uh, general stuff look at you know maintenance of your house it i think puts activity neat as we call it non-exercise non activity down and unless you put effort into making your actual exercise go up then uh, weight gain is inevitable you see teachers come all the time yeah, because, on a, i mean you don't have to do anything here no 
literally everything can be done for Steps you for a few low. dirhams. Yeah, I Step. mean, everything. Yeah, for those of you who've never been to Abu Dhabi, there's kind of be listeners that haven't been. So, um, you can, we're in hotel apartment, we're in apartment, so you could take 20 paces to the lift, from your bed to the lift, you could go down um, 20 floors, take another 20 paces to your car, get in your car, and then do the same at the office or the school, and then come back. And um, everything can be delivered. Everything can be delivered. You can do the same when you come back from work. You don't even have to do your own shopping. You don't even have to clean. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see actually how little (laughs) you could do. Remember the, um, what was the guy? There was two I can think of. The supersize me, which was, he did like general steps and stuff. Yes. And then there was another one. It was probably a bit more fitness industry specific, but a guy did uh, fact to a fit to fact to fit. I've seen that about ten years ago, um, and he did very well out of it industry wise. But he did basically followed general. Um, I think he looked at everything from like what an average American does steps wise, right. what an average American eats wise, what an average average American drinks wise, all those things, and he did them and and, and basically showed you that that would get you fat if you just did what the average American within being American did. Um, and it piled everything on, but your lifestyle, I'm, I go home and my mates don't generally work out because they do manual jobs. Yes. Now, if they're overweight, it's more to do with them spending too much time in the pub. And if uh, if they want to lose weight, they've either got to add in activity, as we know, or um, add in activity or, or take a few pints a week out of their diet. Now, so it started to creep on at 16, but then, then what? Uh, so that's school age and then left school and do you what do you, what do you get like a college you don't go straight to uni at that age right no actually this is sort of where things took a bit of a turn okay um after i stopped skating and some of that structure left my attitude and my, my behavior changed okay a little bit um i started getting in some trouble and going through like a real rebellious phase with my parents um and let me preface this a little bit by saying that I'm adopted. Right, okay. So when, and I have a fantastic family, don't get me wrong, but when I hit 16, the emotional side of that sort of hit. Okay. And so the rebellion came, and with the rebellion came sort of going against what my mom and dad wanted, healthy life. We hadn't moved home or anything, moved from home or anything like that? You were still no, living at home? No, I was still at home because, you know, I'm still in high school. But yeah. the weight sort of the weight started to come on and I sort of saw the effect it had on my parents. Okay. And then it became sort of a thing where I used it to rebel against them because it was something that they didn't want me to have in my life. If this is making any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and it sort of became like a barrier because also at the same time I was going through dealing with this idea of abandonment because I was to the age where I was... That starts to register with you. Yeah, I was starting yeah, yeah, to think yeah. about the adoption and I was going through, you know, all those hormonal changes of being a teenager. Yeah. And the idea that I had a parent that didn't want me sort of really dug it, deep. My brother actually went through it too at the same... He was adopted as well? Yeah, and okay. he's four years younger, but about the same age range, my brother went through the same okay. thing. Um, so weight, eating sort of became an emotional... Yeah, yeah, yeah. An emotional thing. And as the weight came on, I saw that my relationships with some people changed and it became almost like a protective covering. Okay. Because if if I've got weight on me and somebody doesn't like me, I can blame it on the weight instead of facing the emotional side of maybe 
I have like a shit personality <laughs> okay. or no, but, or maybe Actually, like this person and I just aren't vibing or maybe, you know, yeah, there, yeah. there's something deeper here that I need to look at. I can blame everything on this way. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't accept me, I don't have to feel that sense of abandonment and rejection. It's your fault. It's not like it's your fault. It's not. It's not me. It's the food. It's the fat. Yeah, it's the fat. You don't want to be my friend because I'm fat, and it's sort of a surface thing, and I can brush it off. Yeah. So it's really twisted and kind of like counterproductive to think that way. But I just saw it as like armor. But I, I don't think sense. I've been working now with a, a a lot of people that are, have been overweight, overweight, overweight. I'm not yeah. talking carrying an extra ten kilos. That's nothing. Um, I'm talking overweight. I don't think there's anyone who gets up to that level of overweightness without there being some issues going on in their head. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think it's a no. lack of ice cream ever. No, um, it's absolutely it psychological. Be. Yeah, there's got to be a psychological um, facet to it for sure. There's just no way that you can be. What's the word? Yeah, I think, yeah, you just get beneath the surface a little bit of somebody that wants to lose weight, even yeah. if, it, and I said then 10 kilos, it's nothing, but, you know, I've had people cry in front of me asking them why in a consultation. I'm not so much in Abu Dhabi, but back when we had to sell right. personal training, I had to yeah. sell it. Um, I always looked for the why from people, and I've asked why and why and why. This is after some sales training. The sales training was probably a bit twisted. Um, a bit harsh yeah. but at the end of the day you want clients that want results and you do want you don't want to ever stretch anyone financially too much but actually usually if you get a good I'm thinking about when I worked in the UK you get a client that is is up for the change right. it's not a financial stretch because you take a hundred dollars worth of food out of their <laughs> or, or, or indulgence indulgence out of their diet a, a week and um, and they spend it on you instead. Um, so yeah, but I've I've had, I've said you know why, and they've said oh it's a holiday coming up. Why? What? What's about the holiday? Well, um, you know, my, um, I need to look good in a bikini. Why do you need to look good in a bikini? Oh well, because such and such is going, and she looks better in a bikini than me. <laughs> yeah. But and my husband's always looking at her, and before I know it, there's a woman in front of me crying. Yes. I'm like shit. Um, I've actually got my jobs actually deeper than just getting people to do push-ups and have a walk on the treadmill. Like, no, you, you know. as a personal trainer, you actually are, you're a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I really, in a sense, and I never saw that because, you know, I've had personal trainers before when I was super heavy. Oh, you never, really? Yeah. I mean, I've tried, so you're Tim, I've tried for years to lose weight. Okay. But the weight was never going to come off until... I faced the things that put the weight on in the first place. Okay. So, and I mean, I never realized that a, a personal trainer could be a therapist until I, I had the absolute pleasure of meeting some, you know, some really special people that changed my mindset and have helped me through this process. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, let's wait to get to, because I know who you're going to mention, yeah. but let's go to, sure. um, so 17, 18, creeping up still? Yep. Up to my 20s and of course college. Did college change much from yeah, you? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is complete freedom from my parents. Yeah. I, and, like, I keep saying that with my parents, but it just, I'm on my own now. So yeah, all my yeah, food yeah. choices are entirely my own. And I did not make good food choices. Okay. Because, I mean, at this point, you know, you've already put weight on, so you're already heavy. So people already see you as a fat person. So you might as well just keep being a fat person. All in. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> and, I mean, drinking. I started drinking, going yeah. out to the bars with my friends. Um, you know, dating, and then you get rejected by the guy that you like. So then that's an emotional hit. So where do you go? You go to mm -hmm. food. 
And there was never anything traumatic or anything serious. It was just all those little emotional hurdles that you hit going to yeah. college and growing and maturing. Yeah. They all tied back to food. Yeah. Because I had taught myself that food was a protector. Mm. Food was a comfort. Food was a constant. And food never let me down. Never let you down. Yeah, never let like me a down. Lot of, like a lot of people's vices, you know, drugs, I imagine I know of people that have done similar with drugs. I've... Um, know of people in the fitness industry that have the, the one thing they have control over because control is the big thing, right? Yes. If um, you've got control over your your stuff in the gym, um, you, you know, I, I've had to tell people, a boss put it on me once to to tell a woman that we was revoking her membership because she was spending three hours a day on a stair, stair mill. Right. Like, no shit, half an hour, six times. She would do half an hour, go and walk away and have a few crackers and then do another half an hour. It was... Um, yeah, and it, she was doing it because she had control over. It was something she had control yes. over. She wasn't. I mean, she was skinny. She was, but you wouldn't. She wouldn't jump out as you was anorexic. But it was an addiction, that's for sure. I've seen it before with people. Who, yeah, gym bunnies. You know, addiction is yes. the same sort of thing. And like I say, it's control. It's a, something that isn't going to let you down. I always joke with people about uh, weights, and uh, there's a. I think it's Henry Rollins' quote that goes uh, says something about that a kilo is always a kilo. It's never gonna um, a mile is always a mile. Um, the iron will always be there for yes. you, kind of thing. And he's a, a renowned as being a bit of a idiot, <laughs> but still, is uh, the quote's quite popular. Um, and that what took you up to what? Like, so what is college in Canada is what takes you up to 21, 22? Yeah, depending on what, what you're doing and what course you do. And then, I mean, I was in college for a few years, sort of figuring out what I wanted to do. And then I transitioned into university. Okay. And it was just a, like a decade, literally, of just finding myself, having a nice life, eating, <laughs> Drinking, partying, and not really having a sense of direction. And you didn't feel like it was hindering you at that time? Of course. You said nice life, of though. Course, of course I did. I mean, nice life in the fact that I have a fantastic family. I had great friends. friends. I was traveling. Okay, so it wasn't like you were a social recluse just shoveling no, your face. No, I mean, I was of... very social. and I mean, everything on the surface was really good. But when I look back now, I realize, like, emotionally, I was clearly not healthy. Yeah. Because I was allowing the weight to continue to you know any activity at that point no 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 very little I mean dancing at the club yeah that was about it yeah okay. and walking to and from classes if I went to, yeah. to classes <laughs> yeah. okay. but I mean it was just it just was like the cycle of of living you know in excess really that's what how it was. um when did you so you're not near your heaviest at this point oh no you? I wasn't <laughs> even close I mean okay. I was hundred pounds lighter at this point than your heaviest than my heaviest maybe even 150 pounds lighter okay. than my heaviest so i was chunky chubby we would say okay i mean if i put it into perspective carrying it like yeah yeah carrying it well so it wasn't I mean, hindering activity because i know no, at your heaviest it hindered activity you couldn't oh, you didn't want to move right i didn't i couldn't okay move. yeah no it wasn't and i still in my sense and in, in, in the opinion of others i was still attractive okay i was plus size but I carried it well, so it was never something that people were looking at me with that look on their face. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so finished college, and I, you didn't you move out. You didn't become an expat too soon, did you? You worked in Canada for a fair while. I did for a while, and it was just again working, and the weight just 
it stayed pretty stable for there was a good number of years there. Things, what like overweight but not yes terribly overweight? overweight but not terribly overweight and it was pretty stable like who, I never who, lost you, but like hanging around thinking. with or would you um, hanging around with people of a similar size were they was you the bigger one of the group yeah, or was usually it usually the bigger one of the group I had a couple friends that were also similar did it become I, part of your personality yes yeah you know where you crack the, the jokes girl. and you yes of course yeah. And I went through a period, you know, where I was dating men that specifically like a plus size girl. And of course that leads to a whole range of issues because yeah. some of them are real dicks, but yeah. you don't really, you know, you sort of accept what you think you, yeah. you can get. Um, things changed. Everything was normal for those periods. And then in 2007, I moved to the United States for my first teaching job. Okay. Right. And... The weight came on a little bit when I did the move. Okay. Um, but then in 2010, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Wow. So and this is where things really drastically changed. Okay. Like, that was out of the blue? Yeah, it was. Because, I mean, I had been relatively healthy my entire life. Yeah. Did the doctors put it down to the weight? I mean, I don't know this, um, you know, what could what effect we know that obviously being overweight and it does put up the risk of all cancers but did they specifically say um they did but then i also believe that it was through those years that i had that weight i was yo-yo dieting okay and trying different things because you know i was aware of the weight and i made a half conscious effort to lose weight but i never read really all the way to lose the weight yeah so i was doing fad diets and i was doing a diet at one point where i was getting injections Oh, wow. What was Injections that? Injections in my butt. Oh, what was that? It was a Dr. Bernstein's diet. I heard of the name. I didn't know where the did. calorie is it like extreme calorie deficit and yeah. you're getting injections. Oh, and that was for nutrients that you were injecting yeah. in like whatever. And so, I mean, like I did all of these things. I believe it was all of this messing with my metabolism and my hormones that inevitably led to thyroid being removed. Thyroid right. cancer. Yeah. My thyroid had to be removed because I had a tumor in the left lobe. Um, so I opted to have the entire thyroid removed okay. because the chance that my right row, my right lobe would develop cancer was like 75% and I didn't want to have a second surgery. Oh shit. Okay. So after the thyroid came out, my weight. When it was removed, was cancer gone? Like it was all clear straight it away? Was clear straight away. Okay. And when they did a, like the pathology of the thyroid, I was a millimeter under needing radioactive iodine treatment. Oh wow. So I was close. Yeah. But they said, you know. Do your medication, maintain a healthy lifestyle, and you'll be okay. Okay. But of course, once your thyroid is taken out, your metabolism is on its ass. Goes haywire. Yeah. yeah. And within six months, I'd probably put on eighty-five to hundred pounds because my eating. Whoa. So six months, uh, fifty it was kilos. Fast. Fifty kilos. Okay. It was fast okay. and it was intense, and then it drove me into but, a deep depression because and, it came on so quick. And I could not get my thyroid medications regulated. Okay. As much as, and I mean, I, you ask anyone that knows me well, I was strict with my medication, yeah. constantly consulting the doctors, but we just couldn't get the dosage correct. He so, couldn't, or it was. It, uh, he he would try this, and she would try this, and we would try this, but nothing was quite hitting with me and and getting me feeling the way I had felt before the cancer. In terms of my mood, my joints, my everything. 
Okay. And I was searching, searching for that feeling. But I mean, I've come to terms now that after thyroid cancer, you're never the same as you were before the thyroid cancer. From a health cancer. point of view. Yeah. Right? Well, just a feeling point of view. Okay. So I was fighting, fighting to get the medication right. And then, of course, I'm still eating and I'm still drinking and I'm still... Really? So you didn't change lifestyle much? I did what I thought. I thought I changed it more than what I actually did. If that makes sense. So I mean, you thought you you thought you made some big changes, and you actually haven't when you looked at it. When I look back now, I really hadn't made huge what changes. And what what crap? What did you creep up to? Your heaviest? My absolute heaviest before. So after thyroid, a year after thyroid cancer, where was you? I was at? probably three hundred and fifty pounds. Three fifty. Yeah. Uh, and this still isn't my heaviest. Okay. So okay. I mean, it's it's. Gross. I'm laughing really. because I know Jen's smiling at me. I'm not making light of uh, cancer. No, and I mean, I'm laughing because, and I'm laughing not to make light of it either, but I'm thinking about how fat I was, and it just, to me now, it's a joke because it, it's a joke that I let myself get that way. Mm. But so, there was something going on in your head that was there, you know, like... It was just depre- It was depression. And the thought of doing anything about it was probably like, felt like a not hopeless. like a wall, not not a small wall, but a, just a wall that needed, like, Gen- you know, when... Trick. Exactly. When there's, you're overwhelmed by far too much work, you know, it's not like you've got to answer one email, but you've got to answer a million and you just don't bother starting, right? You don't want to make any changes or um, you don't want to make that first step into the gym. It must be... Brutal script. So you're so now you're at three fifty heaviest. Yes. And and what's this? What age is this? Thirty yet? Are you thirty? This is my yeah, my thirties. Okay. I'm in my thirties. And it was just the depression hit and I had never really dealt with depression before. Okay. And it hit. And then you of course you know anybody that has had depression, you know what that will do to you. Yeah. And so it set me on a whole different sort of path. And then in two thousand and twelve, I was diagnosed with what's called adenomyosis. Um, and it's a really severe disorder of the uterus. Okay. So I ended up having to have... At what age are you now? Um, 30. I would have been 35, 36 okay. in there. Yeah. Um, I had to have an emergency hysterectomy. Oh, shit. So, again, something that completely messes with a woman's... Head. Hormones, hormones also. Head. Yeah. Hormones, metabolism again, and I still didn't have my thyroid medication completely regulated at this point. Okay. So I had this hysterectomy, and that just blew things wide open because now I'm dealing with sort of being forced into early <laughs> menopause. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which does a lot to a woman, but I'm also dealing with the psychological effects of not having children. Yeah. And now, yeah, you, that was obviously a my, my choice to have children has Wasn't been completely been taken, taken away from yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was always something that I wanted to do. Okay, sure. So that was a lot. And then both of these illnesses, I was living in the United States. My All my friends and family were in Canada. So I actually went through the cancer diagnosis and everything alone. Oh, wow. And I went through this. You was, so you was in the U.S. away from family when, yeah, all, my when you went Yeah, my mom and dad came down for the surgery when I had my thyroid removed. They were only there for Jeez. seven days with me. Okay. Then dealing with all the thyroid stuff and I'm working as a teacher in a really rough school. In whereabouts in the US? In North Carolina. Okay. Then I did the hysterectomy, which I also went through this whole process on my own. My mom flew down for five days while I had the surgery. And it's all the post, right? I mean, the the period of whatever it was that we went through that, but the post-trauma, post-trauma really, like... um, 
must have been, what did it change in your head? Did, again, did any act, did, did you change lifestyle much? Um, I did after the hysterectomy. I actually got really into exercise and working out and I was with a fitness class and I had trainers and I joined something called the Quarter Ton Losers Okay. that was being run in the town I was in and I actually saw some success with weight loss. Okay. But I never faced the psychological and the emotional things that caused well, my weight on. gain. Yeah. So even though I was having success, that stuff was always lingering and it was just a matter of time before it popped back up okay. and I dropped everything and stopped. Yeah. Sure. Everything. So you, okay. Heaviest yet? Nope. The reason I'm keep getting towards heavy is because this app I'm using to record stops us at 30 minutes, which I'll stop and restart. Okay. Um, so we'll get up to your heaviest and then we'll talk about, um, we've got four minutes to get up to your heaviest and then we'll okay. talk we're, about... We're um, pretty much there. We're nearly My heaviest there. happened in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. None of this happened in Abu Dhabi? My heaviest happened. Oh, did it? It did. It really? Here, yeah. Okay, then, so U.S., did you come to here from the U.S.? Yes, I did. Okay. Straight from North Carolina. My J2 visa was done, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to find somewhere to go. Got the job in Abu Dhabi came here and the lifestyle of Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that, that year, topped it off. It topped it really? off by 50 to 70 pounds. Oh my God. So another 20, 30, 25, 30 kilos. Yep. And ju that was just lifestyle. That wasn't a trauma. That wasn't a, a, uh, an illness or you're still no. getting over the hysterectomy. Or how, well, how long I mean, was it after the hysterectomy? About six weeks. And then physically I was healed emotionally. Just, okay. But how long after did you move to the, to UAE? Um, not even a year after. Oh, wow. So close. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Emotionally. And you got here and it was healed. like, sweet, there's food on tap. And there's, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There's food on tap. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I can wear an abaya to work. <laughs> yeah. I <can> <laughs> Which I joke abaya. about, but it's a thing, right? Like Because it hides everything. Yeah. Someone said you got to go to work in shorts and a t-shirt. They'd be like, you'd be like, right, okay, I better I would have been screwed at the point of Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, it's a thing. Like people can think that they can cover up, and um, you can hide stuff away. You know, you've got nine to five when you're out of the house, and then you come in and slap, yeah. slob around watching Netflix and ordering on Taliban. You know, it can be a can be a, a bit of a get out. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, how long into Abu Dhabi to gain those sixty pounds? The first year. The first year done. The first year. Yeah. yeah. Easy. The Abu Dhabi 60, in your case, the Abu Dhabi stone, the expat stone also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty drastic journey up to your heaviest. How do you feel at this point? Did you care? Was disgusting. you the fat friend still? Or like? Oh, I was like the disgustingly fat friend. But I felt, getting by I felt horrible. Okay, you like, felt horrible. I felt horrendous. Yeah. Socializing? Not, not like I had previously in my life. No. 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 Okay. Is it holding you back from socializing? A hundred percent. Really? Completely. Because we, I mean, although, you know, I've known, I've had friends here that have turned many, many for years, turned down beach parties, pool parties, uh, boats, t turned down regular nights out because of their weight. Yes. Um, so you was there. Yeah, you was there. I was beyond there, if we're honest. Okay. I All was, right. I was beyond. Let's, um, let me just stop and reset and we'll record the second half of this. Um, there's no adverts because I haven't got sponsors. So, <laughs> But if Talibat wants to sponsor me, I'll uh, take some free orders, free, delivery, free food delivery. So, heaviest, Abu Dhabi, yes. been here for a year. Yes. Um, what, what, so what, because I know you got in touch with me in mid-18? Yes. 
mid 2018, May, May 2018. No, no. I think it's June in that message. The first message I got from you is either June or July. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes, that's right. Um, you, I, I, so, but you've you've been here for a year. What what year is that? 2013. So five years before. Yes. So you so you was at your heaviest for five years, or did it up and down a little bit? Up and down a little bit. I did join a gym here and there. Had a trainer for a little bit. Again, saw a tiny bit of weight loss, but yeah. not enough for me to hook on to what was happening. I'd always give up because well, I've been in debt, right? If, I, I can only relate it to being owing a few bit, owing a bit of money in the bank, and being like, I don't want to look. I don't even like if if yes. I if I yeah. if I owed a thousand pounds and and I knew that I'd paid off fifty, I'd be like, fuck that, it's nothing. <laughs> like this. That's, yeah, that's really, and it was just, I don't even know at this point. You know, once once the depression came from the thyroid, it is now something I live with. And the depression, comes, yeah, and it, yeah. it comes, it comes a lot. Well, yeah. not anymore, but yeah. it used to come a lot. But something you'll have to work on forever, probably. Yeah, and I wasn't really working on it when I moved to Abu Dhabi. I thought moving, a new job, all this change yeah. was going to push it away because that's what I needed in my life. Yeah, put a big carpet over it. I've had this, I've had similar with like, I know when I'm being anxious for no reason, I have to spend a bit of time working on it after I not have a, not have any beer and not have any drinks. Go and do some gym, do some yoga. And do all the stuff that I know what brings on anxiety, and it's when I'm got when I'm procrastinating on stuff. Yes. So all I've got to do is go and get that stuff out of the way, and hey, presto, I'm not anxious anymore. So similar with I know that depression is the other opposite end of the scale, but still, um, it's something that you just probably have to be aware of for now, for for a while, you know. I wasn't forever. Yeah, I wasn't really aware of it. I mean, I felt it, but I really wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't self advocating very well. And so the depression, you eat, and then you get depressed because you're eating, so then you eat more, and yeah. it's just like a vicious cycle. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so five years, I mean, that must have been a tough, was that a tough five years? Like, did it? Yes and no. I mean, I was traveling, I had friendships here, I was living life, but not living to the extent that I should have been because my weight was definitely hindering. Yeah, that's... Um... That's a, that's something like, you know, if you, you, when I always think that when I, I know someone's overweight and see someone's overweight and getting by, and I follow, uh, oh, I went through a phase, you spoke to you about it before with these happy fat uh, accounts. Yep. One in particular is a comedian in the UK and I kind of, I got on board with a little bit more of what she was saying the last time I heard her interviewed, her name's Sophie Hagen and she's got a book out called Happy Fat and it's very be happy in your own body, yes. which I totally, 100%, you should never be depressed because of what you look like, even though sometimes what you look like is a result of you being depressed and yes. or eating a load of shit food that's not going to make you feel good anyway. A salad will cheer you up. Like, it yeah. might not feel like it, but if it come down to haagen or a salad, it on the on the face of it, it the haagen would win. But, the, uh, but from a, you know... The, like you say, hormonal point of view, it's having a salad is going to help you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So um, I don't, I see people that are overweight and I'm thinking, oh, you could be just, I have a, I have an interaction with somebody recently that uh, a holiday was hindered massively because of her weight. I she didn't get to, to do, she didn't get to go somewhere that I know, and I know the location in the UK, she didn't get to go 
to a castle in the UK with her husband and two kids because she was overweight. They only had um, a certain amount of time in this town, this city, and she couldn't go to the castle because it was a walk of maybe half an hour. And I know it, and it's tough, and it's steep, and, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do it if you was 50 kilos overweight. She stayed at the bottom and had a coffee. I can relate to that. I mean, that has got to surely be enough of a trigger to get your shit together and lose weight. And if not, then come on, like, then what? What? I can't, I can't help you. If, if, then, if that hasn't helped you, I can't help you now, you know? But the thing is, is that it's not a trigger because I've been in that exact situation. And I'll tell you what, I was in Vietnam okay. in 2015 or 16. Uh, I broke a chair. You broke a chair. At an ice cream shop. Oh, shit. Eating, I'm sorry I'm laughing, everybody, but I mean, it's terrible, but I was with a friend and, you know, I know I hindered her vacation with my weight. Really? You hindered hers? Absolutely, because she felt obligated to not do something because I couldn't do it and she didn't want me to feel bad. What if she'd have, would it have been enough of a trigger if she'd have gone, fuck you, I'm going walking, hiking, Um, I'm going to go and... No, because I'm, I'm... chill with her uh, you know okay. she's a super yeah. super good okay. friend no, okay. but she didn't do that she maybe should have done that yeah i'm so, that's what i'm saying i'm saying like you know um would would you uh what would you do in that situation as the friend um i'd i'd like to think i'd be a good enough friend to find stuff that you could do together but if i thought it would help my friend that was overweight and needed out needed help long term i'd probably yeah so let's get on to what what triggered? What was the trigger? It wasn't the broken chair. What was it? It wasn't the broken chair. I also broke a chair in Austria. Really? At the Did you get nervous sitting in plastic chairs? Oh, yeah. Really? I would actually avoid going places because I knew the seating wasn't going to accommodate my body size. Shit. I mean, I was, I, I would avoid flying or I would save my money so I could do business class. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, really. Like, it affects your life yeah. to a level that is just incredible. Yeah. The, the Happy Fat Book Girl, um, she was quite pissed that she couldn't get back from Australia because of um, with, with, without going business class. Well, well you either need some more, more money. I was going to say, you're too big for economy, then yeah. that's your option. Yeah, it's... Um, and yeah. I wasn't going to cram myself into an economy seat it that way. Neither would, yeah. Exactly. Because I'm not going to do that to people around me. That's the thing. We're, you know, we've got a social responsibility to some degree to, to not stress other people around you. Yeah. I mean, if we look at it from even healthcare perspective, but not, not, not that point, but you know, I get that. So go on, then you get. So I did break a chair in Austria as well. At at an opera in front of the entire and and the symphony, all the people in the symphony, the chair broke during the performance and I fell on the floor. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So so you were living here at this time? Yeah. I was living, I was traveling with a friend. Like it was so humiliating, but even that, did not trigger me to lose weight, if you can believe it. Yeah, I, I well, I can, can't, and I can, because it's still, um, I think what you're going to, the trigger is going to be a bit deeper than breaking the it chair. It was a lot deeper. Yeah. yeah, it's still a superficial thing. I know, like I said, you know, I've, I, you know, I've, I've had people who've come to me after heart attacks. Yes. And even that can potentially be superficial. It's when you see, uh, the, the big ones uh, can't play with my kids. I saw it. I had to watch my brother play with my kids, football with my kids because I couldn't. Yes. I, I've I had like very similar deep. stuff to that, yeah. you know. That's now, I think, a, a deeper trigger than 
breaking a chair because you can fix a chair, but you'll never get that time back with kids or whatever, yes. you know? Go on then, what trigger? Okay, so, I mean, even breaking a chair, I would always find an excuse for it. Oh, I had thyroid. I can't lose weight because of my thyroid. I would make excuses and project onto the people around me so okay. that they would not fat shame me because they felt bad for me because I used the thyroid cancer. Right. Or because I had... My dad could tell you, I mean, I had a conversation with him about that. I can't lose weight. I had thyroid cancer. And he would back off saying anything to me. Really? Because the so you, C word, that was like a, the C word is such an intense word yeah. for people. And you just, you don't, you don't muck about with people that have had cancer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's such yeah. a sensitive You've not thing. had it, therefore you can't say anything. So I used it. I manipulated people. Okay. Did you know you was manipulating people? At the time, I really didn't because I really was in such did you believe denial. That it, did you believe that it was because of the fact? You yeah, believed it. Yeah. I so really you knew did. it wasn't a I was in denial okay. about the actual cause and I latched on to this being my thing. So the actual trigger for me was in May 2018, my parents came for their 50th wedding anniversary. And I hadn't seen my parents in over a year. Okay. And they got off the plane. And I mean, at this point, I was. I was over 400 pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. So not not much over, less. but over. Just over 400 okay. pounds. My mom and dad came off the plane, and the look on my mom's face when she saw me. She'd not seen you, Skype or anything like that? Or she had, but you don't see body, do you? No. Yeah, but, you know, you can take a selfie in a way that you look yeah. a lot better than what you yeah, actually Yeah, I'm on Tinder. Like. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how well you can camouflage things. Jokes in that jokes. Yeah. And you can hear, so the look on my mom's face when she walked into the airport, it was like someone had stuck a knife into my heart. Really? And it was flitting, and it was quick, and she recovered, but I caught it. Oh, okay, so she hit it immediately? She yeah, saw it and hit it? she knows. She, oh, you know, she knows. And then my parents were there. And, and arguably, struggling. arguably, she's seen you have two serious illnesses, cancer and the other one. Yeah. And now she's looking at you thinking, well, you got through the ones that you didn't choose. You didn't choose to have the other what two. You, what about this the, one that is worse? This is actually an illness that is, this is actually as likely to kill you as the other two. Am I right? Am yeah. I pushed it? Okay. I'm just saying like, that, you know, this is something that's hindering you. And as bad as anything else, you've not chosen it. You can potentially do something about it. You've got over two huge, huge things well that's the look that was on her face and then what, there's another, what the hell have you done to yeah, yourself there's another thing you need doing? to get over yeah 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 it's probably as worrying for her as when she saw got, got the bad news of you getting i think more uh, really yeah because shortly thereafter you know my parents were here and i was struggling to do things with them and you want to take them around and show them everything yeah and i i couldn't i mean my knees were aching my back was aching i could hardly walk at this point because of my weight right and my parents were in my apartment and didn't realize that I had come in from work and I heard them talking and they were talking about my weight and they were talking about me and it was devastating to hear what they were saying. Really? Yeah. This was the trigger? This was 100% the trigger okay. because the words that came out of my mother's mouth were literally like, I feel like we're going to lose our daughter. Right. Okay. And they was not mean. They was worried. Worried because I mean, mean I have a fantastic. Parents my parents are my best friends, yeah. and we have a very close relationship. And this was this was genuine fear. My mom and dad genuinely were fearful that I was going to die from my weight. Right. 
And I sat and listened to this conversation, crying, didn't want them to know I was there, but listened to them talk about, like, that she, you know, she can hardly walk, she's struggling. Are we in 2018 yet? Is yeah. this close this, to, this is in was it trigger, then you text me the next day? No, I, the, the next day, okay. I came to my parents and I said, you know, I didn't let them know that I'd heard the conversation, but I let them know that I could feel how they felt about my weight and mm. that. I wanted to have a very real conversation with them about what we need to do. Okay. And that day we went and saw a bariatric surgeon. Oh, wow. Here. We went to the Bergeal hospital. Yes. Okay. And I sat down and talked to a bariatric surgeon with my parents. Okay. And I also went and saw my own doctor that I have here, my um, doctor for my thyroid and had a very real conversation with him and then sat down with my parents and we decided that in order for me to really make and an actual step that I needed surgical intervention, that a gastric bypass okay. was something that would force, would force me okay. to take control of my eating. Right. Physically force me to do it because all the other stuff I had done was not going to work and it hadn't worked. It's true. I mean, exactly. You're at a point now where, and I just want to say that there might be, and that, uh, since I remember when people started getting gastric bypasses, yeah. um, and then it became a bit of a thing to do when you was a bit overweight. There's a reason you, there's people that need it and have it, and it's a life-changing, life-saver. It's a life-saving Yeah, it's a life-saving tool. tool, exactly. It's a tool. Um, and I know that there might, a few years ago, there might have been cries of, oh, that's cheating. It ain't. <laughs> it does not stop you wanting food. I was going to say, if I went into depth detail about what, happens after a gastric bypass there's no way anybody would tell you that it's Call cheating. It cheating no for yeah. sure it's um exactly and it's you've told me stories about um facebook groups of people that have had the operation is was that what the groups were you was talking about yeah i was in these groups for support sort of before the surgery and right. just after and it was i mean to put it like i was banned from a number of them okay because because the, the was, bullshit that was being right going on you were seeing yeah. that they were saying ways of Cheating. Um, getting around it. Getting cheating. around it. And, and I mean, a lot of them were in the United States where a Medicaid and Medicare will pay for the surgery. Yeah. So the money wasn't coming out of their own pockets. Their own pockets. taxpayers' yeah. dollars. And I've heard of, I mean, I've, I've known people have it, not being, a, not being able to um, do what's required after it and having it reversed. I've yeah. heard of that before. It's um, a possibility. Not being able, I mean, the person I'm thinking of specifically told me she would open bags of crisps and smell them. I smell Coca-Cola. <laughs> really? I sniffed Coca-Cola. Just Coca get out my can of Coca-Cola and yeah. smell it. And I, I've been out for dinner with people and been like, can I sniff your Coke? And I'm like, sniff your Coke, but can I sniff your soda? Yeah, not Coke. And they're like, that's so weird. I'm like, I don't drink it anymore. So can I just, because really? it helps me. Yeah. yeah. I physically can't drink yeah. it. I've had it actually, similarly, talking about addiction, I know people who say that they've gone through their, they get a, they crave a cigarette and they'll take a deep breath, inhale with their fingers at their mouth, okay. pretending they're yeah, having a cigarette because that. it's the, the um, I think that might come into the category of like uh, CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. because you're doing the action. You might not be getting the chemicals in the, or you might not be getting the co co not cocaine, you might not be getting the Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, you might not be getting the nicotine from a cigarette, but you've at least mentally gone through the process of it, yeah. um, which might take away from, you know, you've not, you've not had the calories, you've not had the taste, but it's there, isn't it? Um, yeah. So you then, 
May, that's so very close. Actually, that's a trigger and a quick reaction to me. Like I've had people be triggered and come to me three years later. Yes, I could see. But no, no, it was quick because I realized. How quickly did you have the gastric band uh, after? July. July oh, wow. 2018. May, June, two months. I, when I made that decision, it was like, this is it. Also, I was going on the fact that the doctors told me I was hypertensive. I was pre-diabetic. My blood pressure was uncontrolled. It was through the roof. And I had all of these health things going on and was told by the doctor, I was, you know, 43 at the time, I don't think you're going to see 50. Wow. Like, Whoa. we don't think you'll see 50. The doctor that was advising the gastric band said that, or the, the your personal doctor? Every doctor your GP. that I Every spoke doctor. to was telling me that. Based on my health and the way my joints were reacting and right. just how much weight I was carrying and the stress it was putting on my body, I was told by multiple doctors, we don't think you'll see 50. Okay. And what were they uh, Massive heart attack. Heart attack, okay. Complications from diabetes, like within inches of being diabetic. Did, that as, did it exacerbate the trigger? Was that like random? Yeah, because you're, I'm I know that you're like, like, you can be strong of mind or you have been since I've met you. Was that strength of mind there before in other areas of your life, career or, um, you know, because you don't take an easy set, you don't you don't take a modified exercise, you often ask for the harder exercise, which option's harder, which one should I do? Like, I can see that there's a massive, like, you know, willpower there. Um, was that there then, or has it been built over your sort it's, of 18 months of... It's been building. Cool. But hearing the doctors tell me that, do you know what my first thought was? It wasn't even about my family, like, dying and leaving my family. It was dying and leaving my cats. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's just so lame, I know, but I'm thinking they're in this country. It was like the cats. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what will happen to my cats? And yeah. I'm like, you know, i got to be alive for them because they're depending on me. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's cool. And then it came the family and it came yeah. my own quality of life. But that yeah. was my initial thing, almost like a parent would think of their child. Yeah. That was my first Yeah, time. of course. I mean. <laughs> just so, it makes me sound like a crazy a cat fat, lady. A fat, crazy cat lady at the time. <laughs> but that was sort of like, and that was it. I decided, you know what? I'm doing the surgery. I had the psychological evaluation and I passed it with flying colors. Psychological evaluation. What do they check for? They check for um, concerns that you may develop an addiction after. Uh, in, like you in may go into an eating disorder, you may go into anorexia, you may go into bulimia. They're checking to make okay. sure that you're stable in terms of that you're going to be able to deal with all the changes that come after you have a gastric bypass surgery. Okay. That you're going to be able to accept and deal with yourself when you lose the weight, because things change a lot when you lose this much weight. Yeah. Um, they're looking for Physically, addictive qualities. Yeah. 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 And they're looking to make sure that you're, you're did you have any? <laughs> are they looking? What are they? So, I mean. I'm OCD. Yeah. I can't think of many people I, that are clearer. I but clearer. knew that I was OCD, but not to the extent that I'm OCD. Mm. So it was a tiny bit of a concern, but I went, uh, I went, I've maintained my therapy. I've maintained it for the full year after the surgery that's okay. recommended. And so I actually went through some cognitive behavioral therapy to help my OCD become something that empowers me, not something that hinders me. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, but yeah, they check for all of that. And if you don't pass that psychiatric or psychological, they, won't do it for you. they will not do the surgery. Is this on your uh, UAE medical? or it's No, I think all of like... this was out of my, I paid for all of this. Okay. 
Yeah, wow. That's, um, Insurance doesn't cover that here. No, not for imagine. not for us. They may for Emiratis, but they don't with our. It's an elective, a voluntary mm. surgery, so they don't cover it. Um. Okay, so what we're doing now is we're coming up to. I think what we should do is make this your fat journey. Yeah. Get to fat, and then we'll do a to fit journey. Um. And another episode okay. in a week or two's time. Yep. Yeah. Because we're, nine, we're uh, 50 minutes in. Yeah, that sounds good. And I know that you probably want to speak about what I, I think the positives more than the negatives, which is the, the journey up figuratively, like not yes. up in like mental strength, fitness, health, and up being better, 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 and down in weight, I think is a more, um, I think it's as important a topic as the weight gain, I suppose. Not that what we spoke about today hasn't been at all. Of course, it's been poignant and very uh, insightful. But the next bit, I think, is a, deserves as much as what we've given the get into fat. Because it's where things really change. Yeah, exactly. So let's briefly, some, let, let's not go into too much depth of this stuff, but you got in touch with me June 18. Yes. I put you in touch with Adam Nightingale personal trainer who'd been working with me for a few months at the time, um, who luckily for you and for me, because I didn't, I knew Adam for months and I liked him and I knew his technical skills were a good, of a good enough standard to send to anybody. Yes. But what, um, but what I didn't know at the time was how, um, how good his people skills were and, uh, that I could have, I could have sent him to anybody and he would have got, it would have been fine with them. I think so. He would have been fine. I think so. Um, but I, I, if I'd have met another trainer, and another good trainer, it doesn't necessarily mean a bad trainer, but I, and my, maybe myself, I hope not, but um, maybe I've put people off of fitness journeys. I've made some errors in my in my younger days, like met people who wanted to, who had 50 kilos to lose, and the first thing I got them to do was a burpee. What a dicker. Um, <laughs> like, no, I mean, really, it was, it was embarrassing, it's embarrassing when I look back, but so Adam is... There was the first step of your journey. We'll talk about them more in the next episode. Yeah. Adam, hello. Listen to the next one as well, mate. Um, the which was how long was you with Adam? Six months. You put six months, and I just want to say so that people will listen to the next one. Adam saved my life. <laughs> Good. Yes, um, true story. I I witnessed it. Um, he messaged me after. You were in Beach Towers at the time, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, that's how I knew you, Beach Tower Jen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I, I knew that um, I knew that it was going well from the first message. Not, you know, I knew that there was something there because it wasn't just like, oh, I've got a nightmare client in Beach Towers. It was well, like... I um, mean, I might have been a nightmare sometimes, but... No, I, no, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. And then, so that was personal training. And yes. you was following diet still from the gastric doctor? Yes, I was. Um... You then stayed with Adam until he left probably seven, eight months after you met him. Yes. Um, come to Body Project immediately. Not not quite yet. Not quite. No, and I did that actually. Oh, you had a gap? A little bit because I was on the advice of Adam. He didn't think I was quite there yet in terms of like my physical, and he was right. So I went with Matthew for, I think, four weeks. Oh, and, okay. then, and then I did my first okay. Body Project class. Cool. All right, good stuff. And we'll talk about that more in another episode for sure. Because we need to go into diet a little bit, mental side of things, you know, focus and motivation is a big one. 
Um, so we need to go into all of those things, and we've literally got seven minutes to do it, which it wouldn't fit into, and it wouldn't be fair to, I think, to this gen, not the fat gen, with together <laughs> enough uh, enough credit. <laughs> I think we need to talk a bit more about how um, much of a beast you are in the gym and uh, with focus and stuff. So let's call that there. I'm going to put a uh, I'll put a, um, a, an intro on this later and it'll go out because we both got to go. I've got to go to work and Jen's got to come and do my class. That's right. Actually, I need to go eat first. Oh, <laughs> right. They go at seven to your class. Oh, you seven. Okay, cool. Right. Thanks, guys. Um, listen to the next episode. You're going to listen to how Jen lost 90. Yeah. Just over 90 kgs. Over 90 kilos now. So absolutely amazing. Thanks for listening, guys. And um, yes, we'll see you in another episode. So from me, Tara and Jen. Thank you. Bye-bye.